Yeah. Get out of here with them weak weak ass shoes, yo. What's up, Balls Deep fam? To another episode of Balls Deep with Devin and Jovan. We're fresh off of the 4th of July weekend, so happy 4th to you guys, or happy belated 4th to you guys. Uh, I had a, a, you know, an adventurous weekend, you can say. Uh, I almost died. <laughs> uh, story, story time? It might be story time, <laughs> might be story time. Um, but before story time... How was you, your 4th of July? Um, pretty chill. I didn't really do nothing. It seemed like um, nobody really had any plans. So I was like, I'm chilling. Yeah. And I just kind of chilled. I just took my, you know, nice little Sunday to relax and play some video games, watch some movies and TV. Um, That's basically it. Yeah, that was me for the most part, honestly, because obviously we do something usually every 4th of July. Uh, whether that be kickball, flag football, but we didn't do anything this year, and it was primarily because of the weather. It was supposed to rain all day, yeah. And it was, and, and then all of a sudden it decided, hey, we're not gonna rain at all. So, yeah. um, to start my day, I actually slept my day away. It's funny. Funny thing is, I woke up at like eleven thirty, and good I, drink, huh? The drink. <laughs> <laughs> so I woke up at eleven thirty. I I let my dog out. And I ate, like, a, a sugar donut from the bakery and just went back to sleep for three hours. <laughs> what, what bakeries you go to? Uh, some Mexican bakery in Meriden. So. Them sugar donuts be hitting. For sure, yeah. But I, I went to bed for, like, three more hours. Then I, when I realized it wasn't going to, uh, when it wasn't going to rain, I went to go see my mom and my, and my dad. So, story time. This is where I almost died. So... <laughs> My my dad has some fireworks, so he's shooting them off like he does every year. But shit went left real quick, so <laughs> we're all watching the fireworks, right? It's family surrounding, and I have my nephew on my left, and I have my nephew on my lap. So for those that don't know, I have three nephews. So what happened was shooting up the fireworks. Pew, pew, and then all of a sudden, the one that's going off just stops. So we were like, oh, it's done. Next one. Then it goes, boom. And, bro, when I say my heart dropped, my heart dropped. Then my my sister goes, I didn't like that one. And as soon as she said that shit, bro, it went, phew, and hit the fucking house, bro. And we, once I seen that shit, I started dipping. Like, I picked... Sideways? Bro, <laughs> I took my nephew on my lap and started running, bro. As soon as I seen it fucking Man, go by, I... You put the camera heart, you threw the baby to the side and tried to get away? No, I, I grabbed him <laughs> and I, I ran with him. And then my nephew that was sitting next to me seen me run, so he started chasing me. <laughs> but, bro, the shit started going, like, all over the place. And I guess what happened was my dad was setting it on a chair... To give it like a flat surface, and it tipped over, like mid, like fucking 
after he let it, it tipped over. So, he, but, bro, it almost it, it was it almost ended my life. Not just my life, it almost ended our lives. Like it could have it could have been worse. But that shit was definitely a movie. That shit was funny. So, uh, <laughs> be safe out there with them fireworks. You don't want to end up like At JPP. At one point, nobody knew why anybody was running. They just saw people Bro, running, we, so I, they we, started we did I, But yeah, yeah I didn't... Look, listen. That's that fight or flight uh, mood, bro. You gotta you gotta dip <laughs> dip now, ask questions later. Like, there's, not, there's no time. But once I seen that firework fly, I was gone. Like, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, just be, be safe out there with them fireworks. They're no joke. But that definitely was hilarious. We definitely look like flying cockroaches, not flying cockroaches, we look like cockroaches, like, just running, <laughs> that's, that's how funny it was, but, uh, I hope you guys had a wonderful and adventurous, as adventurous for this as me and Jovan, uh, maybe not as, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, hey, we apologize for, you know, not dropping an episode last week after the bonus episode, uh, we had a lot of technical difficulties and, you know, scheduling conflicts. Uh, we actually had this technical difficulty right before we recorded this. <laughs> so, luckily, or hopefully, it just holds pat and we're good. But before we get started, go tune into our Tyshawn James interview. It was a pleasure having him on the show. He's, a, you know, a humble kid. He has his head on straight and he seems like he's going places. He's talented. And just go show support, honestly. Um, yeah. And if you're an athlete out there, uh, congrats to you guys, NCAA. Just, you know, officially allowed you guys to get paid on your name and likeliness, uh, which is was long overdue. But if you're interested in being on the show for an interview, uh, hit us up on Instagram, ballsdeep underscore pod. Uh, we're more than welcome to have you on the show and, you know, uh, shine some light on your name and get your name out there and things of that nature. So, uh, if you're interested, just hit us up. But make sure to like, follow, subscribe if you haven't already to our Instagram page or even social medias. And if you're on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. And if you're listening to the audio anywhere, leave us a review, please. And we'll read it on the pod. But like I said, go show love to Tyshawn. He, it was dope. It was Duh. dope having him. Yeah, that was a that was a one of them, one of the more fun episodes that we've recorded uh, uh, for me at least. I mean, it was fun just be talking to him and just have a you know a genuine conversation, learn about him. That was uh, definitely one of the more fun episodes I that that I feel like we recorded. Um, so so I think you guys will definitely enjoy watching it. So yeah. go you know go watch that. It, it definitely it definitely was interesting because it was our first interview, so it was different. <laughs> so it yeah. was just more, yeah. I feel like when I look back at it, I could have done better in terms of as an interviewer. But that again, it was my first interview, so it, it was more of a learning curve at that. But it was no. dope having someone that I already knew, so I felt a little bit more comfortable in doing so. Uh, but it, it definitely, even though I knew him uh, prior to the interview, I got to know him more in depth because of uh, the interview. And I got to learn more behind the decisions that, you know, I knew the results of, but I didn't know the the process behind it, like why he chose CCSU and things of that nature. So that that was dope. Um, so I'm interested in doing more of those. You don't necessarily have to be an athlete. Um, you can just be 
someone that came out and is working in sports. Like, just any, if you're working in sports or you an athlete and your goal is to be a professional athlete or you're a professional athlete, hit us up. We're interested. We want to interview you. So it, it's, yeah. it's dope because it allows fans from similar backgrounds to, you know, have be be able to relate to you and and you can give you know advice and like they can look at your story and like hey if he made it or if she made it I can make it so it's all about motivating and inspiring the next generation that, that's that but that's that we're hopping into some sports and I guess we can start off with uh, the UFC 264 because it's this upcoming weekend. Uh, Poirier McGregor three, uh, I know we we touched on it in the past, but I want to I want to get get into it right now. So first off, who do you have in the fight? And second off, uh, how what's your level of, of excitement for the third? I mean the trilogy. My level of excitement is high. I mean it's as high as it is for. Um, Really, any of these fights. I mean, obviously, any. I feel like any time UFC does uh, really good with their promotions, um, especially lately. I feel like they've been having like really stacked cards lately. Um, oh, but even stacked. then, they just they just do really good at um, you know getting the right fights. People, the fights people want to see that are also you know the correct fights. Um, although obviously we know it's obvious that Emporia could be fighting for a championship right now. Um, we know he wants to fight McGregor for the money right now because, you know, that's the cash cow. We don't know how much longer he will be the cash cow, especially if Poirier ends up, you know, beating him again, and especially if it's by way of knockout again. Um, it will be. But with that be- yeah, but, but with that being well, I'm said... I'm saying just um, knockout in general. It'll, be, it'll end oh, in knockout. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but with that being said, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm excited to sell, um, as always, for these fights. Um but it's been tough for me to really figure out who I want to pick this fight for. Um, and only because, I mean, if you'd asked me this question maybe like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I probably would have easily said Poirier. Um, but I feel like we're getting a little bit of a different McGregor uh, leading up to this fight, at least in terms of like the mindset. He seems, seems like I said, I don't know, but he seems like, He's kind of like that old McGregor, the guy who was hungry. Um, he's a little bit more humble than that guy, um, but he <laughs> seems like he's hungry again. He seems like, you know, it's really important to him. Even Dana White said, like, you know, he realizes this might this might honestly be one of the biggest fights of his career um, at this point because, I mean, obviously he's fought for titles. You know, I mean, those are huge fights, but... In terms of, you know, continuing on, you know, continuing your legacy, this is a huge fight because I, I feel like, honestly, this is make or break for him. I'm not saying that he can't, um, you know, lose this fight and still continue on and be great. But, you know, obviously the immediately, immediate opportunity for a championship is going to arise if he beats Dustin Poirier. No question. Um, obviously, he maintains his status as the cash cow if he beats, beats Dustin Poirier and in a convincing fashion everybody still wants to see him you know what i mean so um i think this is one of the biggest fights of his career so he seems hungry again but um dustin poirier just looks good um 
I was talking to Nico about it a little bit. He, you know, I was telling him how, you know, McGregor didn't seem hungry anymore. And Nico was like, it's true. But people are also starting to figure him out, which is very true. So, I don't know. I'm looking for this to be uh, a good fight, hopefully. But I think that ultimately Poirier will take it. And I think he kind of, he kind of explained it perfectly. Because I completely agree with the way Poirier put it. Um, you know, if this is going to be a short fight, McGregor's got a good a chance a chance as anybody because he can you know knock out guys left and right. That's fine. He's one of the best strikers in the game. But when it starts to get down to the nitty gritty, three rounds, four rounds, five rounds, and you having to really just you know take out every ounce of blood and sweat of your body just to to win that fight, I don't know that McGregor is digging that as deep as Dustin Poirier. Um, and so that's where I think the difference is between these two fighters, and I think. Dustin Poirier ends up taking it again. And I do think either which way it goes, I think it ends quick. Um, but, yeah, I got the Poirier winning. Listen, I truly hate you because you, you, you just took the words right out of my mouth uh, <laughs> with your last statement. Because I was just going to say, I see if it, the fight lasts three rounds or less, I see McGregor taking it. If it lasts anywhere, that's what I was going to say, four, if it goes four or five rounds, I see Poirier taking it. But that third round is really up for grabs, to be honest. Like, if it's quick, it's McGregor. But if it if it's not, it's Poirier. But I, like you, I was tossing back and forth with with this decision. So at first, like I was like, like I've mentioned before, I was like, ah, you can't go against McGregor. You can't go against McGregor. But then I thought about it, and I was like, but they did just fight in January. It's only July. Like how much of an adjustment yeah. can you truly make in sh- short periods of time? So, so <clears throat> I mean, you and, and you can. I'm not saying you can't, but I'm saying how much of a difference can he truly make? So right. So I'm thinking. I was like, he he managed to do it against Nate Diaz, right? So when I said that, I was like, okay, McGregor. I'm back on the Team McGregor. I'm back on Team McGregor. And then I thought about it again. I was like, he. Doesn't seem like he has the same mentality, like Nico said, as the the old McGregor. He hasn't seemed like the same McGregor that we are accustomed to. So then I was like, "All right, Team Poirier, Team Poirier." And then I just realized, like, I truly think McGregor is going to win. And the reason why I think so, it's not because it's I don't trust Dustin Poirier. I truly do. I just think McGregor truly makes the adjustments that he necessarily does bouncing back from a loss. Um, and the the one thing that was working against him in the second fight was the leg kicks. He, in my opinion, he won round one. He he won round one, but what, the, the end-all, be-all was the leg kicks. That's what hurt him. And that's because he was so stationary, right? Yeah. Um, and my thing is, now you, to make an adjustment for the third fight, you're going... To check kicks, like you're going to be worried about the leg kicks, and if that's the main reason why Poirier won that fight, because it ultimately, you know, allowed him to, you know, get to McGregor and freaking knock him out. Because yeah. prior to that, McGregor was was able to counter just fine. So yeah, he basically slowed his mobility. Yeah, he he 100%. immobilized him and then was just able to just knock him out. So if McGregor checks those now, right? How how do you win? Like, how do you win that fight? So, 
The only way I can see him winning that fight is taking him down and submitting him. And that's why I said, if it goes four or five rounds, I see Poirier taking it because I think that's where it's, where it's going to, you know, it's going to happen. Because uh, McGregor is going to be tired and he's going to even be more tired if he takes him down and uh, obviously uh, gives away more energy in terms of trying to defend that off. But honestly, McGregor, I, I think he's he's in his bag. And the reason why I say that is because if you just watch leading up to the second fight, his interviews, like, yeah, he seemed humble. He didn't seem like the same old McGregor. But he didn't. He really talked about Poirier. And when he did talk about Poirier, he's talking about how great of a fighter he was and things of that nature. But in reality, he was talking about the possibility of fighting Khabib. Uh, he was talking, and there was rumors that he was, you know, about to fight uh, Manny Pacquiao in a boxing fight. And you can truly, and now, like, that it's all over, you can tell he was really training for a boxing fight. Like, I didn't know about this, but he was literally training for a boxing fight all the way up until um, the Poirier fight was announced. And then once the Poirier fight was announced, he just jumped into training for the, that fight. But most of his training was focused on boxing. And when you watch the second fight, that's why he wasn't moving around that much because, and he was countering so efficiently, was because he, he was training for boxing. So his hands were lethal, but he wasn't checking the kicks like he, like he should. So that's why I'm going McGregor. But before, uh, before we go past that, there was a stat that I think the UFC just spit out. Um, or I think it was... ESPN MMA about a stat about McGregor. So they said the average UFC fighter has recorded one knockdown for every 48 minutes and 29 seconds in the octagon. Conor McGregor has averaged one knockdown every 8 minutes and 16 seconds. That's the record for fastest rate in UFC history. Minimum 10 fights. So, and in the second fight, you can tell he stunned Poirier in the first round. A a bit, but he didn't take advantage of it. And after that, it was all she wrote because... Poirier just yeah. took over. <clears throat> I think I think I definitely think he's more than capable of making the adjustments to beat Poirier. Um, but like you said, I mean, you said the only way you think he beats him is taking him down. I mean, I definitely think he beats him taking him down. But I think he's just as capable of beating him standing up. I mean, when you talk about like the Nate Diaz fight and stuff and things like that, I don't think there was really much adjustments that he had to make after the first fight. Obviously, he lost. Um, that first fight, but he was beating Nate Diaz up, and ultimately it just came down to the fact that he was at yeah he was a higher weight. He couldn't really knock him out like he thought he'd be able to, and McGregor was exhausted and got choked out. I think the second fight between him and Nate Diaz was even closer than the first one was, and some people argue that he Nate Diaz won that one as well by decision. But um, but at the same time, I think that I don't know. I definitely think there's some adjustments to be made. He was very stationary in that first fight. I think he's more than capable of, um, you know, getting there and beating Dustin Poirier. But I just think, I think Dustin Poirier is going to really just, like I said, get into him and tire him out because he knows he knows how to beat McGregor now. I mean, I feel like a lot of people yeah. do, and and he even said it like, you know, McGregor was saying, you know, first guy to take. 
take somebody else yeah, down is I, I, I didn't but, like that statement because that, that just yeah, shows and, a sign of weakness. Well, just exactly what Dustin Poirier said. He said, you know, he's like, that's, you know, that's a sign of insecurity, really. I mean, it's mixed martial arts for a reason. And so, I mean, I don't know what the game plan is for Dustin Poirier, but he goes to the ground, he wins that fight, and I think he's more than capable of even taking the fight on the feet. So it just doesn't look good for McGregor. I'm not saying that he's not capable of taking the fight on the feet. I just think because oh, clearly he he finished it on the feet last fight. I'm just saying I think his best chance is on the ground against McGregor oh, because especially because anybody's best chance. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> anybody's best chance against him is on the yeah, ground. Yeah, that's and that's the main reason why I was yeah. pointing out. But I just think the adjustments that McGregor's gonna make is going to benefit him on, like, standing up. He, We already know he's, he's track record of being on the ground. It's not good. But standing up, he was already one of the best strikers in the UFC. So now the adjustments that he's going to make with the leg kicks and things of that nature, I just think it's his best chance, Poirier's best chance to win is on the ground. Now, yeah, I just seen some clips of McGregor, uh, and he seems like he's got that mentality of the old, like you mentioned before, the older Conor McGregor. Because he had me laughing because he sent a voice message on Twitter uh, to <laughs> Dustin Poirier. He's like, yeah. Dustin, P.N. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm coming for you. And that just gives me like the nostalgia, the, like the old school Conor McGregor. And it, it just put a smile on my face because I was like, Oh, he means business. And the true reason why I think I'm going to pick McGregor, though, is because he truly has more at at the um, on the line than Dustin Poirier. Because, like you mentioned, if, if shouldn't McGregor lose this fight, what's next for him? Because you can't really market him as a, a top lightweight in the division anymore because he's he doesn't look like it as late. And who, who does he fight next? Like I honestly think his best fight would be the trilogy against Nate Diaz. That might be his. That might be his best fight in terms of money and in terms of redemption. Now, if he doesn't fight Nate Diaz, who else does he fight? You probably think of a Tony Ferguson, and that might that fight alone. I obviously would pick McGregor, but that might end Tony Ferguson's career in the UFC. Um, but those are the two options I can think of off the top of my head. If not, then he's going to go to boxing and get money that way. But yeah. if Poirier loses, or should he lose, McGregor gets the fight against uh, Oliveira, which makes sense because it seems like this is the number one contender fight. And Poirier, Poirier could sit back and fight uh, a, a Gaethje or a Chandler or even anyone else within that top five in that division and, and yeah. still find his way to get back to that championship. Because right now... Although Oliveira is the champion in the division, we know who the number one lightweight is that, that's active, which is Poirier. Yeah. It's no question. So like he's that's why they were they were saying like he's the true champion, even though he doesn't have the belt. And that's why he didn't really care about uh, taking yeah. this fight. So I no. I just think McGregor has more on the line, and I think that's why he's going to come yeah. in a little bit hungrier and try to and win. And when I say his MMA career is online, like I think even if he lost, he could still revamp himself. I think it's more than, more than possible. But because um, he, he only has five losses, 
his opponent already has six. Like, Dustin Poirier has six losses, still one of the best, you know, in the game right now. So it's it's not Gregor's lost too much. I think it's more than possible for him to revamp his career. Just in terms of the mindset of how he is, though, I just wouldn't see it happening if he lost. And that's why I think it's important to him that he does win. Because I feel like he feels like if he loses, he'd rather just walk away and, like you said, just get a quick cash grab in boxing against, like, a Pacquiao or something. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, But but that also hurts him, too. If he loses, now the fights that he go, he would have been able to make in boxing wouldn't necessarily be as big um, because he loses. Especially if he loses by knockout again. If he loses by knockout again. Then yeah. Who, now his name is kind of blemished in terms of striking and boxing, in, in a sense. So now it may, maybe the fights aren't as big as they could have been. Not saying they won't because he's kind of McGregor. Yeah. I think his name itself carries a lot of weight. But I, I think it, it it hurt him and his money or his opportunities like that. So I think that's why he's going to come in hungry and he's going to win in my in my prediction. But I, I yeah. think he has a lot on the line in, in this instance because he... What you're saying, he doesn't seem like the same Conor McGregor. It's almost like when you talk about Tyron Woodley. His coach is saying that he doesn't yeah. seem the same and if you want to fight, you got to have that certain mentality. It seems like Conor McGregor doesn't have that mentality anymore. And it's like Dana White said, he's not foaming at the mouth anymore. He's not the same hungry um, McGregor that we're accustomed to. But he loves fight. He's love, he loves fighting and he loves money. So he, he's not going to yeah. give up on it. So... No, I agree. And and also, I mean, either way it goes. I think, I mean, we got a stacked card. Yes. It's going to be a great fight. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, I, I, to be honest, there's going to be a lot of finishes on this card. Yes, there, there's, gonna, there's not going to be many fights, whether it's prelims, main card, that are going to go to decision. And I'm just, looking, and I'm just upset that yeah. I work on Saturday um, because I just feel like I'm going to miss some fights. <laughs> And Dude, looking. I don't. Yeah, just looking at the main card alone, I see at least three out of the five fights not going a distance. <laughs> I think four. Four. I, okay. No, I mean I definitely see. I, that I think too, I think but, the only fight that doesn't go this that has the chance of not going the distance is the female fight. Like I, I feel like that's the only fight that I feel like will go to the distance is that fight. Honestly, and it, the co-main. I feel like the co-main has a chance of going the distance. <laughs> Gilbert Burns and Stephen Thompson. Oh, no, I think that's going to be a knockout. I think that, I think that's a good and, shot. And, and the thing is, all right, since we're talking about it, I just want to talk about it. So the co-main. <laughs> so the co-main, I'm really interested in this fight because obviously Stephen uh, Wonderboy Thompson, he has a unique fighting style. Uh, there's no one like him in the UFC. So he has an opportunity. If he beats Gilbert Burns, I think he jumps the line and is next in line for, to fight Usman. And the main reason why I say that is because Usman's beat literally everybody and he's never fought Wonderboy Thompson. And people are saying that he might have the best chance of beating Usman because of his unique yeah. fighting style. Do I agree? No, I still think Usman beats him. But they're saying he has the best chance, right? Which is interesting. So I'm, I want to root for Stephen, uh, Stephen Thompson in that aspect, but I like Gilbert Burns. And I don't want to see Gilbert Burns lose a second one in a row, especially after losing in the fashion that he did against Usman. But that's the thing. is like these guys, Gilbert Burns before Usman was on a, 
like a knockout spree. Like he had no remorse for anybody, and he was just getting better and better. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, he has a history of knocking dudes out because of his his history. And I think last fight I can recall, he got knocked out by Anthony Pettis. But yeah. prior to that, he put up two really good fights. Oh, I say one because the second one wasn't really that close against uh, Tyron Woodley. And I think he has the potential to, you know, do really good things. So for that one, I don't really know who wins. But I'll just say I'm going to say Stephen Wonderboy Thompson just because of the potential matchups going forward should he win. No, I got Gilbert Burns. I think he's going to eat him alive on the ground. Even Thompson's no scrub, but I think Usman and, and Burns eat him eat him up on the oh, ground. And I agree, and that's why I was saying, like, Burns, if he's smart, he'll take Thompson to the ground and not try to stand up because that's Thompson's best chance of winning that fight is standing up. But only reason, so only reason why I'm saying Wonderboy Thompson or predicting him to win is because of the possible matchups going forward. If Gilbert Burns loses... I feel like he can still fight a top five uh, fighter <coughs> in the division and still get back to the top. Wonderboy loses. I think he falls a lot further down. Uh, but if yeah, he no. wins, he catapults always to the top as well. Because now, if let's say he wins, Leon Edwards, who was next in line for a title shot, would could could fight Gilbert Burns. Uh, where yeah. and and then Wonderboy Thompson. Well, unless he's the champion. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's you. Because the fight against Covington is not <laughs> essentially official, but then he, but then Thompson could jump up too, so uh, all the way to the top. So he has a potential to go all the way up or uh, all the way down in a sense. Where no, Burns, his, his, he, he can go slightly up, slightly down. Like it's not. I feel like his fall if he loses isn't as big. But I, I'm rooting. I have. I'm rooting for both guys here because I kind of I like both. <clears throat> I all right so. I want Burns to win, but, no, I, I think Burns is going to win, but I want Thompson to win because of, like I said, the possible match upset. Go yeah, yeah. But being that we're talking about UFC, we're going to talk about Tough Enough. I know you're not as up up to date <clears throat> with Tough Enough uh, this season as I am, uh, but I just want to talk about it. Obviously, I'm not going to say much spoilers this time around because you haven't watched it, but... The tough enough this season, it it brought nostalgia. The first two episodes that we talked about because we haven't had it in some time, but it feels different. And the reason why it feels different, there's not as much drama, right? As in years past, where makes things so much more interesting between the coaches. But yeah. I'll say this: so there's this instance where they start beefing. They don't like obviously get physical or anything like that. They just start like chatting back and forth, you know, busting each other's balls and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, things are going to get interesting. Bro, it seems like it's more fun and games at this point than than really beefing because I don't want to spoil it, but then Ortega essentially in the next episode after that kind of just pranks Volkanovski, like his team pranked Volkanovski's team. And Volkanovski just laughs it off. It's like, this is fucking hilarious. Like, so it's not really, like, it seems like more funny games and they're just making fun of, like, the situation or making fun out of the situation rather than actually beefing and making drama. There's really not much drama between the fighters. They all seem buddy-buddy, which 
there's nothing wrong with that. It seems more focused on mixed martial arts <clears throat> in itself, which I'm happy for because the athletes this season might be the best athletes we've seen as a collective in any season. Um, but you know that drama that that stirs things up and tends to bring the storyline. It just seems to be lacking that. It's, I guess you can say yeah. it's lacking the oomph. But in terms of talent, yeah, the no, talent yeah. is there. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, there was a tiny bit of, like you said, there was a tiny bit of something brewing with uh, Volkanovski and, and Ortega at one point in uh, one of the episodes. But, I mean, I, I, I haven't been able to watch uh, lately, but I don't know. I was hoping that it would brew into something nice, you know. <laughs> it's, it's not it's not really brewing to nothing at all. I mean, Ortega pranked Volkanovski, and then now Volkanovski is like, oh, I'm going to get you back. I'm going to get you back. So now it just seems like fun and games, like some high school shit, uh, like senior year shit, you know, when they do the senior prank or the senior games that they got going on. It seems like that. So it seems like all buddy-buddy. Yeah, until Volkanovski until takes his prank too far. <laughs> I hope he does, because then that just makes things interesting. But we're halfway through the season. Uh, so, so we're halfway through the season, and things are going to get more interesting in terms of the fights. So, since speaking, there's been four fights. And of those four fights, I'd probably say two of them were actually good fights. I might be pushing it. It might just be one. But the last fight that, like, in episode six was fire. Like, it was to the point where, like, I thought one team was, like, they won. I was like, oh, they, it was a close two rounds. But I think this fighter won. And like, I think he stuck it up when they were like, round three, round three. Oh, and I was shit. like, oh, shit, that just means it's split. Like, because they only do round three if it's split. <laughs> yeah. And you were like, I thought he won, but I'm not. Oh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> then, but then round three was very one-sided. And and you could tell. So I was like, it, it, it still had me on the edge of my seat where I was like, oh, I got to sit up for this one. Because, like, the time was just dwindling down. And I was like, all right, this is getting more interesting. But the, the fight yeah. was dope. So the only thing that sucks is like when these guys lose, they have to stay in the in the house. But it's because of the possibility of a possible injury because then they can yeah. re-enter things of that yeah. nature. I don't know how the select the selection process is if there's uh, injury occurs because in terms of tough enough, this is probably the most invested I've been in a season. But the, I'm interested to see if there's injuries and who steps up and awesome fights because like I said in terms of a collective these athletes probably are the best talent we've seen and yeah. it, I'm very excited to see how the last two fights go and how the first round essentially winds up with the records for these coaches because bro alright I'm just gonna say this bro because you didn't watch episode 3 when I said my homeboy was about to fight bro he's nice who? He's nice. Which one? Which fighter? The the um the black dude. Oh, I, I saw that fight. Yeah, I watched. Oh, that bro, one. he's nice. He's nasty. <laughs> yeah, he's nasty. I, I I truly I truly yeah. hope he he takes he takes the cake because of his story in terms of um him being homeless and things of that nature. I truly hope he wins. But but he's I I was to be honest I hated the episode. I hated the episode because like. He just kept going to his teammate, and they're like, yeah, they're boys. So he was like, yo, I promise you. Like, 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give up. And he's like, You can try to take me to the ground, but I'm with it. Like he just they just were yeah. like buddy buddy and he and he just kept saying, But bro, but bro, but bro and I was like Nah, yeah, it, I was just it annoyed. was like a it was like a friendly but competitive banter. It was pretty. I, I liked it. It was pretty cool. Like they had, it seemed like they had a lot of respect for each oh, other. For sure. But they also were letting each other know, like you know, they want they're willing to do everything they can to win the fight. And yeah, but I, I, I thought I, that was. Pretty but I felt cool. like it just that happened more than once. Like it was just repetitive. And then and then the uh, fight happened, and I was like, oh, he means business. And then he was talking about how he was cry- he cried the night like the like the night before the right before the fight. And I'm like, no. Like he might lose. Like his mindset's not his mind's not there. But when he stepped in that fucking octagon, bro, he meant business. And I was like, all right, all yeah. right. But if he continues to do this shit every single week, that every yeah he fights or every single episode that he fights, I'm honestly gonna be annoyed. Like the episode probably that episode alone was probably the worst episode, or not the worst episode, the my least favorite episode. But. In terms of just the content outside of the fight, but that fight alone, in terms of performance, he might be number one. Like, he might be thus far, thus far. But in terms of fights, that wasn't number one. Number one would be between, um, I think it was the first bantamweight fight, where uh, Ortega's guy knocked off uh, Volk's number one guy. Oh, yep, yep. That was episode yep, two. Yep, that one would be up there, and then probably the most recent fight, episode six, would probably that would probably be one and two. Like, yeah. I'm telling you, bro, it was a dog fight. It was a dog <laughs> fight. But I recommend you watch it. I recommend the, those fans watch um, that are yeah. watching watch it as well. Uh, things are getting interesting. But I told you in the beginning that we've been missing some... We missed an episode, and because... Technical difficulties and stuff like that. So we're not just covering one sport. We talked about UFC, and we're going to talk about some Olympics and uh, soccer as well. So Copa America final, European Championship final, they are finalized and they're ready to you know take off. So personally, I would like to get your opinion here since you're of us two. You're the soccer expert. Uh, so. <laughs> Copa America final. I'm yeah. I'm truly excited for it because Brazil with Neymar is facing yeah. Argentina with Messi. So that's going to be an interesting matchup. But before I get your opinion, I'm just going to say when I realized the matchup of Peru versus Brazil, I was just waiting for the, the match to happen. Because obviously I'm gonna, Neymar is my favorite player. I don't really have a stake in the game. Like, I don't really care for Brazil. I just like Neymar. So, I was waiting, and when I re- when I, when it was, the, the clock was dwindling down, and then Brazil ended up winning, I hit up Brendan, and, or Brendan's fiance, Medellin, my friend, and I just sent a, a, um, the Brazil flag. <laughs> and she was like, she, she was like, I hate you. And, and then I sent the Neymar picture, and then she was trash talking me back, and I was like, I, I love this. Like, I love this kind of match. And then, then Brendan ended up putting up a post on Facebook, and I tweeted a, a gif of Neymar. But he didn't really respond, cause she, but she responded for him, and which I just, I loved it. Like, it, it was just awesome. Like, I, obviously, I I was just fucking with him. Like, it's all love. But uh, I yeah. after the fact, I was pretty upset because I didn't text Nico. I was like, wait, 
I could have texted Nico too. Nah, you can't text Nico that type of stuff, man. <laughs> can't be sending him that type of negativity. <laughs> but uh, to get your opinion on that matchup alone, and then uh, we can talk about the Italy England uh, matchup right after. Um, not yet. I mean, I'm excited, especially because they're back to back days Saturday, July 10th, uh, Sunday, July 11th. Uh, two amazing games for amazing teams. Um, I. I really want Argentina to win. Uh, Messi is, you know, one of my favorite players in the game, if not my favorite player right now. Um, and I just want to see him win. You know, you know, this is a, a huge cup, international cup. Um, I want to finally see him win it. Or and and I, I I mean, I feel like it's always been kind of tough um, for him to get by in Argentina. Obviously, like it sounds weird saying that because when you look at Argentina, they have a really good roster. Uh, but it almost seems like when it comes to international play and playing for like the big cups, the Copa Americas, the you know, you know the 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 World Cup and such, they kind of struggle uh, really making it deep. Um, I mean, obviously, aside from the fact that he played in a World Cup final um, just you know two World Cups ago, um, but like I said, it's just. He, they seem to always struggle to get to a final or even to make it deep. And it's always, the story is always that, you know, Messi, you know, he needs help. I mean, that's just, that was just the case. And, and it's so upsetting to see, like, you know, oh, Messi needs help, Messi needs help when they have such a talented roster, but it seems like they just can't, yeah. they can't get the necessary, they can't do the necessary things on the field to go and win games. But, you know, they're doing that right now. Um, and a big thing with these, with these, you know, a big thing for me and for everybody with these, you know, uh, Copa America and European Championships. Obviously, it's split. You know, what I mean, you got the South and North American teams in one. Then you got like the Euro, the Euros is all the European teams. So obviously, they're not playing all the best teams. Um, but it's it's a good gauge on kind of who we're gonna see. Uh, competing in the last few games of the world cup um so i think mm-hmm. it's I, i'm excited you know i'm excited just to see that argentina is doing so well um because obviously when you start to add the european teams things can become a, things do become a lot more difficult but it, it gives you a good idea that argentina is where they need to be right now yeah. um so and, and i'm happy you broke that down because i was just going to ask you like What's the difference between these tournaments? So the fact that yeah. you said it is like you know South America and then European, it makes sense. So it makes sense. Yeah. So we'll it's continue. like exactly. So it's like the Americas of the world and then the European Euros. So obviously they're split, but when when you're doing so well that you're the top in South America, you have you're 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 showing other teams like we're ready for the World Cup. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and and obviously it's only South America, but Brazil is up there with some of the best teams in the world, and that includes the European teams as well. So if they're able to, if they're able to go out there and, and beat Brazil in this final, um, that's huge for them because if they're capable of beating Brazil in the final of the Copa America, like I said, obviously the European teams are great and you got to add all those extra games against them. But that means if they, they're capable of beating Brazil, they're capable of beating anybody in Europe as well. Um, and so that's why I'm really excited to see this game is just to kind of gauge exactly where Argentina is. Um, yeah. Cause you know, I just, I, I'm really excited <clears throat> like I said, I think Messi is one of my favorite players. I just really want to see him win a big uh, international tourney. So, um, but I, I want Argentina to win this game. I don't know that they will. I think Brazil is a little bit better of a as a team. 
but yeah, I definitely want to see Argentina win, and I'm gonna I'm go with Argentina. Based strictly off of that. So I'm excited for, for this matchup alone because my two favorite players are Neymar and Messi. Yeah. And yeah. in big time was because uh, when I like was first introduced to professional soccer, they both played on Spain. And I liked Spain. Barcelona. So, oh, yeah. My, p- apologies, apologies. Barcelona. And, uh, and they both played, and I was like, oh, yes. That's why they became my two favorite players. And, and that's why I have... You know, a spot in my heart for Barcelona, although Barcelona is not my favorite team, because I'll explain, is when... No. So, so Barcelona is my second favorite team, but my first favorite team is PSG, primarily because when now that I've, you know, st- I'm starting to become a bigger fan, Neymar is on PSG, and he's my favorite player. They also have my third favorite player, Mbappe, but I also love their jerseys, and that's the big reason that convinced me. <laughs> I, I'm a big, I'm a big jersey guy. So their jerseys, they probably have the best jerseys in soccer, uh, if not the best jerseys. They are up there, and they, <laughs> and that's a big reason that kind of, you know, convinced me to go that way. But this, in terms of this matchup, I love it. It's both, it's both those guys, and I really don't care who wins, uh, to be honest. But yeah. Just because of that, like I could, I would love to see either guy win, but I kind of am rooting. I'm low key rooting for Messi to win more because of his legacy. I feel like he has more on the line for his legacy. Not saying that he's not his legacy is not already you know great, but yeah, no. I get you a hundred. But he, th- this is a big event. And there's a, there's always those fans that say that Messi can't finish, Messi can't finish. This is his opportunity to finish. And if he finishes, yeah. that just adds on to his legacy as it is. Like Neymar, uh, Neymar is still young, relatively young. Like yeah. he still has years to make up for losing the Copa America. Should he lose, losing uh, the Champions League, like. He still has opportunities, whereas Messi, his opportunities are a lot more minimized, and that's kind of why I'm rooting for Messi in this instance. But like I said, I can really care less who wins because I have I have a favorite player on on both teams, so I I got no beef yeah. against the other. But to shit, no, nah, but I, yeah, I mean, but before you shift, I completely agree uh, with what you said. I mean. Based on the fact that, like, like you said, Neymar is relatively young. Um, not to mention also the fact that, like I said, I mean, Argentina kind of always struggles with their squad as a unit. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't know how much longer they're going to be able to keep up with this type of form. Whereas Brazil is always, I'm, I'm not to say that Argentina is not always up there either, because they are. Um, but like I said, they're just not always in the form that a Brazil team is capable of being in. You know what I mean? Brazil is one of the top countries when it comes to soccer and that's for a reason they always have some of the best players in the world so um that's why you know for me that's another big reason i completely agree i think neymar has so many more opportunities you know available to him obviously barring any crazy career-ending injuries you know god forbid um but that that that's you know another reason he has so many more opportunities to go out there and win big titles i just like i said i just want to see messi kind of like you said go out there and get the job done uh, 
tired of hearing the critics say that he can't because obviously he can. He's done it before. Um, it's just hard come when it comes to international play. And I don't think he's solely at fault. I don't think he's even, you know, a big part of the reason. I, like I said, I think it's just Argentina football hasn't been – it's been at a good level, but it's not been at the top level that it needs to be. And sure. I think this is their chance to kind of show that, you know, they mean business. They're trying to win this Copa America – to or to show that the rest of the world like we won this Copa America now when these World Cups come like the World Cup comes we're trying to take that too so I think beating Brazil is a great start for sure it'll help build their confidence moving forward uh, not saying that it'll do much but confidence we seen we seen just in the NBA alone like the Hawks like defeating these teams being the underdog and defeating them builds confidence and when they follow the lead of the, their leader. Like, the role players follow the lead of their leader. Trey Young, he had a bunch of swag. He had really no remorse. He didn't really care for anybody. And the Hawks just kind of took that in and embraced it. Like, the role players. And they just followed suit. So, in this case, if they win, they're going to obviously follow suit of Messi. But if they win, it builds confidence in moving forward. Like, oh, we like you said, if we can beat Brazil, we can beat anybody. In, you know, the World Cup. So... That confidence could honestly take them far, or it might not. But before we shift over, I just want to say, because I mentioned PSG and one of my favorite teams, Sergio Ramos is coming to PSG, and that's a bigger reason why I should have wrote to Nico, uh, the Brazil flag, because, you know, he was trying to shit on my, on my, uh, you know, good moment. I mean, he said that it doesn't even matter because PSG is not going to win the Champions League anyway. Like he's like, it's a yeah. good pickup, but it's not going to make a difference. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, I think it'll make a difference, but um, how much of a difference? I'm not sure. It's um, a big sign. That's all, but, the only reason why I wanted to mention it. No, duh. Um, but with that being said. To move on to the Euro yeah. Finals, um, which is obviously, like I said, back-to-back days, July, uh, July 11th on Sunday, uh, Italy versus England. Uh, I'm a little bit sad because my team got knocked out um, by Italy. <laughs> you seem like a sad panda. <laughs> yeah, I was very upset watching that game and, you know, getting all the way to penalties. So that's, that's the game that it. went to the, down to the wire? Yeah, I mean, was talking about. there was a, there was a few of them, but Italy and Spain went to uh, penalties. Um, Italy actually missed their first one, Ooh. and I said out loud to myself, "All we have to do now is make all of ours." I said it's that simple, but it's not. You jinxed yourself. Um, you shouldn't have said nothing. I shouldn't have. I said that to myself, and then. Literally, our first guy missed his penalty as well, so we evened it back up. Um, and then down the line, we ended up missing another one. They made theirs, and they won. Um, so they beat us on penalties 4-2, four, four I believe it was. Um, and, yeah, it was very sad. Wait, and then England, didn't they play <clears throat> France? Uh, no, England played yeah, – England played – I forget how England played um, – Den- not Denmark – I'm losing it. Um, I'll look right now, I'll tell you. Because I, 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 I know, I know France got knocked out. Relative, well, not early, but relatively early. Mm-hmm. Uh, or earlier than 
people were expecting. No, they didn't play France. I forget who they played, and they literally just played. They, they were, they were, um, they got a Denmark. It was, okay. it was Denmark. that. Oh, so that's it the game Denmark. that I, I'm talking about. Everyone was talking about that game. Like that okay. game was down to the wire. They were talking about fans' reactions and and oh, they yeah. were like that's me right now. Or even people who didn't really have, they were just fans of the game. They didn't really have a favorite team in the in the match. They were like glued to the tele to the television. Like it was that good of no, a game. I mean, yeah, Henry, uh, uh, Henry Kane fucking uh, scored a penalty in the an extra time to win it. So. So. Who do you have? It was very close. To I know, I know, I know. Your your heart's really broken because you know Spain <laughs> lost. But, uh, are you siding with Italy because they beat Spain, or are you going uh, side with England in this one? Well, I'm siding with Italy, um, not solely based off the per- the fact that they won against Spain. Obviously, it's a big reason. Um, you know, they beat us. I'd like to see them win, just you know, because they beat us. You know, I like Italy. Um, obviously it'd be, it's always nice to say, yeah, we lost to the champion. Um, but uh, at the same time, I mean, I was kind of, you know, reading a little bit, uh, you know, obviously scrolling through, you know, social medias and such. And I saw this one pic, this one picture and it was like, you know, respect to Italy because, you know, they don't have that flashy young superstar. Uh, obviously, you know, they have so many, uh, talented players. Like, you know what I mean? Italy's, you know. A giant, you know, what I mean? Italy's a soccer giant. Jorginho, um, I think that's who Jorginho, yeah, the Chiellini. They have a lot of guys, but they have a lot of good players. Um, but a lot of older guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't have that good young superstar striker that's gonna score you three goals a game for you. Like, they don't have that guy right now. They're just a solid unit of good soccer players that, uh, like I said, a lot of experience on that team. I just really want to see them win it. I mean, I think it's really cool that they were able to, you know, Italian Giants were able to get to another final, another huge final like this, and just, um, you know, and like I said, especially when they don't have that flashy guy like a lot of these teams do. A lot of these teams are, you know, pushing out these young, talented dudes who are, you know, capable of doing everything. And Italy's like, we're just fucking playing soccer out here. Like, we're just... <laughs> so, I, I, think, I, think it's, I think it's just cool to see. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... Um, I really want Italy to win. Um, obviously, like I said, we lost to them, so it's cool to say we lost to the champs uh, as a consolation prize for me. <laughs> but no, I just think, <clears throat> I just think it's cool to 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 see how they're playing such good team football. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, it doesn't hurt. You know, my boy Nico is uh, while he is a, a Peruvian, uh, he's Peruvian. He's also half Italian. Um, um, so. I didn't know that. So he so he has two he has two teams uh, one and and Copa America Peru who made it very far <clears throat> obviously aren't winning it but he also has Italy to root for uh, in the European Championships because so uh, you know also another reason you know I'd like to see the, the, the funny uh, thing is I didn't I didn't know that I thought he was just Peruvian yeah, but yeah, I was yeah, nice. before you said that I was just like shout out to my <laughs> Italians I'm siding with you guys on this one yeah. but. I, I didn't realize Nico is Italian, but I do know hella Italians. So in this instance, shout out to you Italians. I'm I'm with you on this one. <laughs> no, I def- yeah, I definitely I definitely would like to see Italy win. And like I said, I just you know they're a good solid team. And, yeah. Uh, they're playing good football, and 
like I said, it's just cool to see that they're not, you know, they don't have that that flashy, you know, those flashy young dudes, but they're fucking getting the job yeah. done. Yeah, Maj is, is uh, half Italian as well, and I, I've seen him uh, basically rooting for him, so. Uh, yeah. Go Italy. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> go Italy. <laughs> but to shift over to our last topics, we're talking about the fucking... Olympics, alright? They got... They seem like a bunch of fucking... It seems like a shit show going on uh, over there because they are trending for all of the wrong reasons. Starting off, before we even get started, this was just announced within the hour. So it said, delayed 2020 Summer Olympics will take place under COVID-19 state of emergency. So the Olympics will not have fans because of a spike in new cases in Japan, where the Olympics are taking place, uh, including the Delta variant. So, basically, it seems like it's the bubble Olympics. That's what it seems like. There's no fans uh, due to COVID, which sucks. It truly does, because everyone's rooting for that. But, before we get into, you know, the lovey-dovey basketball Olympics... I know this was a hot topic around, and I wasn't going to talk about it, uh, but we're going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shakiri Richardson, if you guys don't know, you uh, she's on Team USA, track, track and field. Um, she tested positive for... She's a runner. She's a track She star, tested right? positive for marijuana <laughs> after she broke the record in the 100-meter uh, qualifier, and... She got suspended due to her testing positive for marijuana. Now, her thirty—she only got suspended for thirty days, so a month. And the thing is, her her thirty days. So she she does two events. She does the hundred meter and she does the relay. Whereas the hundred meter, you need to be you need to qualify you need, within the top three in the qualifier to be able to compete in the Olympics. Which with her suspension. She's disqualified, so she can't compete in that regardless. But her 30 days suspension was to expire prior to the relay event. So she was going to be able to run the relay event. However, Team USA Track and Field just announced the rosters, and she wasn't even on the roster. So they clearly want to lose. Uh, (laughs) I don't think they'll lose. but Jamaica's (laughs) out there, bro. Yeah, she she yeah. was she was pretty much their anchor. She was the last line of defense, and we know how fast she is. She was she was gonna win it for us, but they clearly want to lose. Uh, but I think yeah, I think the U.S. is still capable of being out countries like Jamaica, who obviously always have good runners yeah. as well. But. but now we're gonna get into the nitty gritty. What is your opinion on this Shakari Richardson suspension? I know we're on. Two sides of the well, not really, but we we are. But what's your opinion on it? So you kind of know my opinion. We had this conversation, yeah. uh, but for the viewers at home, I will tone it down a little bit. I think it's. I mean, I get it. Like I do get it. I'm not, you know, incapable of grasping. You know, you know, like I'm not incapable of grasping it. Like I, I, I understand. It's a rule. Like. Rules are rules. She knew the rules. She shouldn't have done it. Like, I 100% understand it. Like, I get it. But it's a stupid rule. 
Like, period. Like, it's it's a dumb rule. And for me, that's the, the be-all, end-all of it. Like, it's a stupid rule. Why is it a rule? I get it. It's a rule. I know she knew it was a rule. She shouldn't have done it. I get it. Like, that's the argument I keep hearing. She knew it was a rule. Why'd she do it? She knew it was, like, I get it. But it's a stupid rule. Period. Like, I, I, like it's so weird to me how... Like, I, I just don't understand, like... Like, why are we making, like, marijuana out to be, like, this insane, like, drug? Like, I... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's weird to me, like... It's so weird to me. <laughs> like, how it's just, like, so socially unacceptable to, like, smoke weed. But then, you, like, you literally have people dying every day from getting killed from people who are under the influence of alcohol behind the wheel or just in general. Like, people freaking get drunk every day and yeah. go home and hit their wives and their kids. Like, I really don't understand it. Um, I think it's a bad rule. I get it. She knew it was a rule. She shouldn't have done it. Like, I completely understand. It's just a stupid rule. Like, and that, for me, should be the end of it. I think they should have fucking got rid of that shit a long time ago. Um, it's starting to be legalized in nearly every state in this country. Um, one of the toughest, you know, uh, commissions, the Nevada State Athletic Commissions, just literally two days ago, or, or it might have been yesterday, yesterday, yesterday or two days ago, yeah, just announced that they're no longer uh, punishing people for marijuana, yeah. which is huge. I, I just think it's it's crazy. Like, what is what is taking so long for for us to just progress past this like why is this such an issue and for me that's really the be all end all of it like like i say like i get i get it it's a rule follow the rules when they're rules like she knew it was a rule but like come on now like why are we who like why like who who gives a shit okay so sorry i'm sorry but she knew it was a rule Oh my. Hey, I just, I... <laughs> nah, nah, but all jokes aside, um, it's it's honestly it's honestly the stigma be- surrounding marijuana. It, yeah, it is dating back to back in the day when they considered it a gateway drug. And I'm not one that does these kind of drugs. I'm not, so I don't have personal experience, but I do know the benefits of, you know, marijuana, whether that be the CBD aspect. Or just the THC aspect. But the CBD aspect, though, is very helpful. Like, the, a lot of athletes speak out and, and they're trying to push marijuana on these professional leagues, saying that it's better than these painkillers that they're feeding them. Because uh, doctors are quick to, you know, give you a handful of painkillers with no issue, and there's hell of repercussions for it in the long... And, Slowly killing yeah, you whereas, because then you become addicted. Whereas and you marijuana or just CBD alone does it. And it honestly, there's a beneficiary to it all. Now, I'm in agreement with you in saying it's a stupid rule and that it shouldn't be a thing because it shouldn't. Like, it's not a performance. Like, so I read up on it and there's, so I read an article. I don't have the article in front of me, I believe. So there's three rules that are... So there's a checklist. 
So in order to be on the banned substance list, you need to check off at least two of those checklists. Or on two of those yeah, three. two of those at least two of those Thanks. three to be on the banned substance list. And I yeah. read those and after I read those I was like, Yeah, marijuana should not be on this list. Because if anything, marijuana checks off one. And that's and, yeah. and that's pushing. That's honestly pushing. Like it might not even check off any. Like at that. Would the uh, do you remember off the top of your head what the three were? Because I didn't know that there were like three requirements. So this is the first time hearing. Uh, this. One of them was was but, uh, it enhances your performance. Okay, it, it, it doesn't do that. And then it, I told you I fucking get on Call of Duty on <laughs> fucking marijuana and I'm fucking uh, terrible. Uh, uh, <laughs> Olympic uh, being. Yeah, so what I was, so, so I I don't even know where I read this. I know I was at work yesterday, and I read it while I was kind of on my break. Kind of, not really. But, <laughs> but I, I can't find it right now, but uh, just know if I find it, I'll send it to you. But right now, for time's sake, it doesn't even check off. At least two. If anything, it checks off one max. Um, so it shouldn't be on the list at all. And I'm in agreement. So, but I also read another article that in recent years they are they made a compromise with marijuana and they hired the threshold. So basically, if you don't exceed the threshold, you're good. And the, the threshold is so high that like you can honestly just pass as long as you don't smoke the day of the event. So, in this case, she must have smoked on the day of the event because... Or the day of testing? They test you the day of the event. Oh, okay. I thought it was... Okay. I, I, that's why I think they test you... I, like I think they test you immediately like after. Immediately after? Yeah. So, oh, I, I think she they test you immediately after the event and she tested positive. So, she must have test, she must have did it the day of. So, now, I know, but she knew the rules, like, (laughs) so, that's my issue, so, so I I have a problem with the rule, and I have, so, but I don't have a problem with the, um, so, I have a problem with the rule, and I don't, I feel like she should be able to run, and I hope, well, I was hoping that they were going to let her run, but I understand the suspension. And when I say understand the suspension, like every professional athlete, they whatever sport they play, they know the rules heading into the event, and they know like approximately around what time they're going to get tested, right? Unless it's random, but they know. Yes. So you know the rules going in, and you know what rules you have to abide by to qualify. Like the Olympics is one life, like a one one in a lifetime chance essentially for. The average, you know, athlete, like so, when they get a chance, it's something they want to go go and do. So in this instance, like going in, you knew the rules and and what you needed to abide by to qualify, and you didn't. And although yes, people are using the the death of her mother as you know justification, and I understand why she would do it, but it's not justification for like this. Like she knew that the event was at this time. And she was going to end up getting tested, and she still pursued to do it. And what I liked about it, though, she took accountability for it. I, and I, and I respect it 100% because 
not everyone will, will do it. Everyone will come out and, you know, make excuses, yada, yada, yada. But she did ask. It was like, I knew, and she said, I knew the rules. I did what I had to do. And that's all. And I, what I love about it even more, Nike, Nike went out there and said, we back her 100%. We're not dropping her. And the reason why yeah. I love that, because uh, everyone keeps trying to make the comparison of Michael Phelps. And I hate the comparison because Michael Phelps actually got punished a lot harder than she did. And I think yep. she got punished for less because it was proven that she did it outside of the sport and it wasn't for, like, performance uh, base. Like, it wasn't to enhance her performance. So, Michael Phelps, I believe, got suspended three months and she and he lost endorsements and stuff like that because of it. Whereas she didn't lose any endorsements and it was only 30 days. And she had the opportunity to run the relays if they she was selected on the roster. But Team USA is stupid and didn't select her. So I 100% agree the rule is stupid. It needs to be changed. And I think it's moving that direction. I mean, they already raised the threshold for it. But until then, you got to abide by the rules. And in this instance, she didn't and she got the suspension. Now, do I think she's going to bounce back and be even better? I do. I think she's already a great athlete, and she's going to become an even greater athlete because of it. She's already so. She's still fucking so young. She's like twenty, nineteen. Yeah, she's like twenty years old. Twenty. Yeah. So, so I will say this. Um, one about the Michael Phelps thing, it doesn't really bother. I mean, obviously, it sucks that Michael Phelps lost endorsements. Um, the thing about Michael Phelps is, I'm pretty sure he got suspended for three months, and it wasn't even during an Olympic season. So, I mean, whatever. Um. Obviously, like I said, I, it's a stupid rule, so I still feel the same way about the Michael Phelps situation. Yeah. I, I Obviously, on top of the fact that he didn't even test positive, it was a picture. Yeah, that, that's even worse. Um, yeah, so I think it was still stupid, but it, it the fact that it wasn't during Olympic season, I can get over it. He didn't lose any – obviously, he lost endorsements, so that sucks. But he didn't lose the ability to compete, and that's what really bothers me in terms of this yeah. one is I feel like she lost her ability to compete. I mean, we – Obviously, it's not a done deal. They still have to compete, but everybody practically knew. Like, she was taking it. You know oh. what I mean? Like, she's oh. fucking a great <laughs> athlete. Like, she was taking it. Um, so that's what really bothers me the most. Um, but also, I did want to say, like, uh, I feel like it seems like everybody, regardless of what side of the spectrum you're on, we all agree that it's a stupid rule. Um, it seems. Most people, at least, that I've heard from. Whether you, you know, say, you know, rules are rules, she should have known, or, you know, it's a stupid rule. I don't know why they're doing it. Regardless of what spectrum you're on, it seems like everybody agrees that it's a stupid rule. So with that being said, I think we can also agree, you know, while we're saying rules, rules, it's, you know, the outrage is still necessary. Because in my opinion, if there aren't people that don't have outrage about it, change doesn't happen. Then the rules, the rules don't change. So regardless of how you feel, I feel like you should still agree that the outrage is necessary because if you think it's a stupid rule but you don't understand why people are outraged yeah. that's your reason if the people aren't mad about it they're just going to keep leaving it and people are going to keep getting suspended for something that we all agree is stupid yeah so, so. <clears throat> all that you said it's you know becoming legal in the states and it's soon to be legal in every state it's not legal everywhere around the world and in this case in, I, in this case it it makes sense that way because it's the Olympics, it's world, it's nation, on oh, worldwide. Other so like for example, 
it's in Japan. And in Japan, they are no joke about, you know, marijuana. Like, so, yeah. so it would make sense why it would be banned for this Olympics specifically because it's in Japan. I feel like it should take place for, you know, where where it's taking place, but they also have to have a set of rules for everybody because let's say steroids are legal in other countries but not legal here. And, like, now what? So I guess you got to make a level playing field. So it makes sense why they have been substanceless. However... I don't think this should be on the list. So I found the list, the, the checklist, all right? So one is it has, has the potential to enhance or enhances sport performance. No. It doesn't. Two, it represents an actual or potential health risk to the athlete. Three, it violates the spirit <laughs> of the sport. I guess you could argue that, one, so, but I guess that's just no, that's just more so your stance on marijuana. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. If, if, if anything, if so. anything, it would check off one max. So yeah, you could. So yeah. the risk one though, it's it could be potential risk for some people, and and it depend. I I I think it depends on the the event you run or not the event you run the, the event you do. So let's say you do track and field, but. Um, what is it called uh, when you have the ball? Oh, um, I forget, but I know what you're talking uh, about. Okay, so in that instance, it might be a, a bigger risk under the influence of marijuana than a track and field in itself, right? But just because it does slow down your reaction time and things of that nature. But again, though, it's I, I think the, the pros outweigh the, the cons and it sh- it's not really much of a risk but I I can understand certain events being a higher risk than others but like I said of this three if any it checklists like one max and I and and yeah. that's doubtful like I don't even think it checklists any like that's what I'm saying you, you, you might be able to argue the for, spirit for it one way or the yeah. other um you know what I mean? But that's what I'm saying. That That's more so what your stance is on. Yeah. You could view it as something that's horrible. You and know what and I mean? guess it depends on, like you said, your stance. But that could also play a factor on the demographics of like where you live and things like that. Because Japan is 100%, 100% against it. So, uh, that, yeah. and, that, and that's that. But to move on from that, uh, Luka Doncic did say that he would much rather win the uh, gold medal for his country than the NBA championship. How do you like? Do you how do you feel about that statement? I mean, I I I completely. I'm not gonna say I agree. Um, yes. Obviously, the way the way I see it, like if I'm an NBA player, I'm American. Like I'm an I'm American. Yeah. So if I were to play for you know the Olympics, I'd be on Team USA. So for me, obviously, it's a big feat playing for your country. But for me it wouldn't be uh, the biggest feat. Winning that tra- that finals would be because, um, you know, yeah, I mean, it's the finals. When you're Team USA, you're used to winning gold medals. I mean, and it's not like... You should. I don't, you I don't sh- mean... You should, I don't you mean, should win gold yeah, medals, not and, used to. Yeah, and I, don't, and I don't mean... I don't mean, like, you know, in every category, but when it comes to basketball, like, it, you can't ignore how dominant Team USA is in terms of basketball. I mean, there are very few countries that can compete, and even the ones that can, like, I mean, they compete 
like you know spain argentina like spain was capable of taking away a gold from team usa but it doesn't happen often like you know what i mean yeah. like it happens but not very often um but looking at it from Lucas' perspective i completely understand it he plays for a team that literally just qualified for the first time ever and, and i think i think and he's he the was, only nba player on the team too yeah, and he's the sole purpose for the reason they qualified to even go. I want to say so. I want to um, say sole purpose because uh, it's because they they have multiple Euro like Euro MVPs on their team. He's yeah. just the only so like, not, NBA player that's on the team. Yeah, I'm not gonna say sole purpose. Obviously, you have a team for a reason, but he's the I mean, he's a huge part of that for reason sure. that they've qualified. They never have before until he's you know what I mean. So like, huge, huge, huge part of the reason. But again, like I just mentioned, Team USA is stacked. They and for good reason. They always have the best roster for the Olympics. Um and so I completely understand his perspective of saying that would be a bigger accomplishment and a bigger feat because if he's able to win the gold, that means somewhere along the lines he probably had to defeat Team USA or even a team that beat Team USA. So yeah, that's fucking way bigger for him than winning an NBA championship. Obviously, like I said, as a basketball player, your sole goal, your biggest goal is to win an NBA championship. But when you're from a country like that, that, you know, like I said, just qualify. Like, for me, from his perspective, if I'm Luka Doncic, hell yeah. I want to smack Team USA. I want to win that gold. Like, that is a huge feat. And in my opinion, that, I mean... If he were out there to go and win a gold, like obviously he doesn't have an NBA championship right now, but if he were to go out there and win a, a Olympic gold medal, like you can argue he's one of the best players in the league right now solely based off of that. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, you can argue that without the gold medal. but Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, when I'm looking at it from my perspective, no. You know what I mean? But from his perspective, I completely understand Yeah, it. I'm 100% with you on this one because with – being American in the NBA, you're playing the best of the best. Whether it's worldwide, doesn't matter. You're playing the best of the best. And that's why NBA Championship is so highly regarded. However, like you said, if you're on Team USA, you should. Like, expectations for you going into the Olympics, you should win the gold. Not gold. Not, not saying <laughs> that you're used to winning the gold, because there's times <clears throat> where Team USA didn't win the gold. Um but you, you typically they they grab one of the, the medals, typically. But you should yeah, you no. should win the gold. Like there's no question about it. But from someone that's European and also coming from on a team where you're the only NBA player on the team, like you sh- like that, and then you got like you said, you either got to play Team USA or you got to play a team that play them already. Like so for you to win a gold medal and represent your country, like he mentioned. It's a big accomplishment in itself. So, representing your country is huge. And I, I think that that's a big reason why he said what he said. And those that are blowing what he said out of proportion, there's no point in my opinion. Because he's not saying that he doesn't want to win the NBA championship. He's saying if he had to pick one or the other, he would pick the, a gold medal because what it means for his country. So, but, okay. Go. Yeah. And I was going to say, and also, I mean, you got to think, like, as patriotic patriotic of a country, and I just put in quotes because, you know, patriotism 
can literally be whatever you consider it to be. But as patriotic as this country is considered to be, people also forget how other people from other countries tend to feel about their country as well. Like anybody that I've ever met who isn't from the United States of America, Nico, who is Peruvian, you know, Kevin, who's Mexican, you know, they have a lot of pride in where they're from. It's just how it always is. And so, you know, to go out there and say that you were able to bring a gold medal to your team um, from a country like Slovenia, I'm sure he's so proud to be from Slovenia to go out there and help them get a gold. Yeah. Um, even even if he were to get a, a bronze or a silver, I mean, he'd probably be ecstatic. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's an achievement in itself just to make it that far. Uh, Dude, yeah, getting a silver is not easy. Like I said, I mean, Spain's always had a good roster. Argentina's yeah. always had a good roster. Like, so, my next question: We mentioned Team USA, and I'm not gonna go through the roster like I was going at because. Like I was going to because of time restrictions, but I want to get your opinion on the roster in, in itself because I'm I'm not gonna lie I'm I'm pretty disappointed in the group of guys that we we came up with. Not saying that they're scrubs because like I mentioned they should grab a medal, but I feel like the NBA or the USA could have done better in terms of gathering. The Olympic, the, the the roster you can say around the league. There's some guys that I don't even yeah. think should have made, um, made the roster at all. So 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 what exactly do you mean by that? Like what what I'm what are sad. your opinions of the roster? Like because I feel like some of these guys on this list shouldn't have been on the roster at all. So I think a big part of it is like. So, obviously, looking at the list, it's clearly not one of the better teams that Team USA has put out there. I completely agree with that. Um, But I don't think that is the fault specifically of Team USA. I think more players are starting to opt out of wanting to play for Team USA. Um, I think a big part of that reason is, um, you know, letting younger guys get a shot. Um, Also, on top of the fact that the George injury, I feel like, changed a lot. Um, in terms of players' point of views and how they feel about wanting to go out there and basically risking, you know, injury, risking their careers. Um, obviously, it's so important to, to go, like we said, it's great to go out there, play for your country, win a gold medal. But um, for Team USA guys, it's like we said, I mean, we're so used to winning gold. It's not as big of an accomplishment as going out there to win an NBA title. And that's why there's so much outrage in what Lucas said is because people don't see it from his perspective. Yeah. We see it from ours. And so we can't really have that outrage and saying, you know, how can you, you know, value this gold medal over, you know, NBA championship, but then on the same side of the coin, you know, we don't understand why our, our, our players are sitting out. And it's because they don't value that gold medal the same way that players used to. Yeah. And, that's the big I feel like that's a big part of it so I don't think the roster is as good as it can be obviously like there's so many players you could throw on this roster um I mean there's a ton of them but um like I said a lot of guys are scared of risking that injury um and also the fact that I think you know we already had such a short turnaround from season to season and then basically going from this season 
to next season and then right into Olympic basketball, I feel like it has to do with it as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's not the greatest roster we put out there. More than capable of winning a gold medal again, like we said. Like, they've always have a talented roster. Um, But I think it just has to do with a lot of different things that players are kind of opting to not play. And so, obviously, while not being the greatest roster, I don't necessarily blame Team USA for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's not one of the best rosters that they, they they put out. And that's exactly why I'm disappointed. Do I think they'll win a medal? Yes. Do I think they'll win a gold medal? They should. Yes. They should, yes. but I, I don't want to say yes. But they should. And the reason why I say I don't want to say that they will, because just looking at the roster, I feel like they're very undersized. And that may work against them. But I do think that this group of guys can literally... Drop 150 on anybody in the world. <laughs> so, that, and that's my thing. So, in terms of the size, I think that'll work against them defensively. But offensively, this this group is talented. Like, you got Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, um, Damon Lillard, Jason Tatum. The way Chris, the way Chris Middleton is playing, uh, like, you mentioned Bradley Beal. Like, these guys are scorers. Like, they can drop 30 Probably Bill could give you fifty. Each guy, each guy I named can literally drop you thirty. Oh yeah, like in the same game. (laughs) And and, and that's what I'm saying. So I think they'll outscore everybody, and why I think they'll win the gold, like they should. But do I? But I don't want to say they will because there's always that possibility. Oh no, I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not saying they will either. But I think. But I I think they just are undersized, and that's might that might hurt them in the long run. But. I was I was disappointed when they put out the list. Like, prime example, Jeremy Grant is on the roster, right? But he was the one that took the last roster spot, and he basically it was because James Harden said he he was going to do it, and then opted out last minute because of his injury. So let's say he James Harden was supposed to be in on the roster. Like that's another guard. I feel like this roster is very guard heavy. There's not really for many forwards or even centers. Kevin Love is my biggest problem. It's like, dude, not saying he's a scrub. Like, he's still a talented big in the league. But the dude hasn't really played in the past two years for the Cavaliers. But you're going to go play for the Olympics? Like, yeah. that's where my, like, I'm just, like, confused on why he even had the opportunity to be on the roster. Um, I know Pop said that Kevin Durant was a must and that he was going to go knocking on his door pleading for him to to be on the Olympics if he had turned it down originally. But I'm happy KD's on it because he brings some continuity in a sense because he's, I believe, already won three gold medals for Team USA. Yeah. So this, this, is, this would be nice, especially because he already missed a year or a year and a half of basketball. So for him to continue the season that he already had with the Nets and bring it to the Olympics, it's good for the country. It's good for basketball. But if I'm a Nets fan or like anyone within the Nets organization, you're probably upset that he's out there. Yeah, no, I think it was huge for that Kevin Durant was a part of the team. Um, obviously, he's one of the top three top three players on the league. Probably the best player in the league right now. Um, and. For me, when you're looking at this roster, like obviously it's it's stacked. It's it's a talented roster. Like there's no doubt about it. But it's I think it's honestly very important that you have at least one of you know the top three guys in the league. And if you lose Kevin Durant, 
I don't think you have any of those guys on your roster. Um, so I think that was obviously, like you said, and like Pop was stressing, like it's important for them to have Kevin Durant on the team. Yeah. Um, because Team USA has not won golds with better rosters than this. Um, and so it's definitely possible that they, you know, could could not win a gold. Uh, but like I said, I mean, very talented roster uh, through and through. Obviously, there are some guys that could be replaced with other guys, but I just think it was more so due to the fact that all the opt-outs, all the injuries, all the every, all, everything. I mean, just the short season, people wanting to finally get a break. Um, but I, I think they're more than capable of winning the gold. They not only have a lot of good offensive scorers, I think Draymond Green is um, uh, quiet yet solid yeah, uh, I, part of this team. I think he, not quiet because he's not quiet, but he's a very solid part of this yeah, team. I think he can um, play. He, yeah. I think to be honest, I think he might play the biggest role in because oh, he's gonna he's gonna have to play the small ball five. He's gonna have to play the four. He's gonna he has he's gonna have like probably the biggest defensive assignment of any of these guys. Like he's gonna be the heart of the team. And, he might not be the leader, he's, but he's gonna be the heart of the team. No, I think he will be the leader. I mean, looking at the list, who who on this list is more of a vocal guy than Draymond Green? Not a single. I don't but, think a single but you, person. You don't on this necessarily list is have really... to be a vocal guy to be a leader, though. Like that's what I'm saying is that you might not uh, be the he might uh, not be the leader of the team, but he's gonna oh, be the yeah, heart and soul not, of the team. Like he, it's no, so much of the Warriors. Like the Warriors, he's not the leader, but he's the heart and soul of the team because. Well, he's the well, he's the captain. For sure, though. But that that's the thing, though. For me, the captain, the leader, doesn't have to be the best oh, player. Yeah. Not necessarily, because he's he, not. He's I mean, not... there's a lot of guys on this list that are better than him, but he's if I'm ha- if I'm making anybody a captain of this team, it's Draymond he's, Green. He, like I said, he play, he's going to play the most – his role is probably the most pivotal of anybody's. Because um, oh, I think he has a lot more on his plate. He might not do much offensively, but he doesn't necessarily have to. Yeah, so uh, – yeah, I think a lot is riding on Draymond Green. So hopefully Team USA could pull this off. Uh, we're kind of running up on time at this point. I was going to mention the Olympics. I mentioned how they were um, in the news for bad. Like They were in the news for all the wrong reasons. And one of the reasons I forgot to mention was the swimming event. So they basically banned a specific kind of swimming caps that uh, African American women or or men tend to wear due to their hair. It was basically a bigger swimming cap to fit all their hair. They basically banned it and said that it's unnecessary and and it's not really like head yeah. shape and stuff like that. I felt like I don't want to make it a racial thing, but it was a racial thing. Like no, I like, mean, it, 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 it is. I, I, I feel I, like the cap, whether the size of the swimming cap shouldn't really matter. It's not like it's enhancing anything. Yeah, and I, I saw another report that apparently they were saying that, you know, plenty of Olympic swimmers shave their hair and, you know, their hair and their body hair to, you know, kind of make up for that and be aer- more aerodynamic and stuff. But I, I don't feel like as an athlete you should have to sacrifice, yeah. you know, your hair, the hair on your head when you're more than capable of wearing a fucking cap. Like, you know what I mean? Like... And and like like you said, you don't want to make it a racial thing, but it, it really is. I mean, I just don't see the point in banning a, a hair cap. Yeah. Like, there's no advantages to wearing a specific hair cap. There's no, there's nothing that gives you any kind of 
leeway or advantage yeah. or anything. It's, it's just, so it's just, it, a, it was really pointless. Yeah, it was just, a, it's just a swim cap that is not as small, so it, it's able to fit more of your hair. So like, it, it just, I, I felt like it was clearly targeting a certain particular group, and that's why I said it is a racial, a racial thing, even though I don't oh, really yeah, want to make it out to be one. It is one. Um, and I was going to talk about other things too, but we can save that for another episode. Uh, but thank you guys for tuning in for this long. We try to cover as much sports as possible, being that we missed some time. Uh, but, you know, we're going to be back next week. We're going to talk about some MLB next week because it is All-Star weekend or All-Star break in a sense. I think the All-Star game is Tuesday, next Tuesday. So we'll be recapping that next week. And, uh, yeah, NBA Finals is right now, game one. The Suns took it, you can say, pretty convincingly, in a sense. Uh, I think game two is tonight. So, to end the episode, who wins games? Who wins game two? Uh, the Bucks. Okay. Uh, they got and in a fine. I feel like in a finals, uh, you can't go down. You can't go down two zero, but in the finals, I don't think the Bucks want to go down two zero. Um, I don't think Giannis didn't have a bad game. I don't think he had the best game. Yeah. He didn't have a bad game though, by any means. Um, so I will. I do look for him to have a bigger game. Uh, Chris Middleton also played a big role in Game Two. I think if he's able to put up what he did in Game t- in Game One in Game Two, and Giannis is capable of having a bigger game, which I know he is, uh, I think they'll definitely be more than capable of winning Game yeah, Two. Yeah, so I I can I predicted Suns in six. So I'll I'll, I'll say I'll say the Suns win tonight, and and I'll, then I'll say the the Bucks will come back and win both on their floor. And okay. and then the Suns will win the next two after that, but uh, so I'm arrive with the Suns. They CP3, Aiden, and Booker all had a great game. Game one, I'm expecting that to continue, especially on their home floor. So Suns going up 2-0 in my opinion uh, tonight. Aiden almost, Aiden almost had a 2020 game, and Chris Paul still is is a rebound. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the video of Devin Booker. He was like, "Nah, I, I didn't see that." But yeah, but yeah he, he had a 20, he, he, he highlighted him though in his pre- in his post uh, press conference. So post game pre- press conference. So I, you mentioned him being the dark horse MVP, Finals MVP. He's performing like it. Uh, and and although yeah. I thought Booker was gonna take it, CP3 is like, "Nah, this is, this is my time to shine." It's been that's why he's that's why he stole that rebound. He's like, "Yeah, twenty twenty." Yeah, you can't have a 2020 game. I need this MVP. No, nah, but I'm I'm happy. I'm happy for them. It's a great story, and it's gonna be a great story either way. Whoever takes it, but it's definitely dope. But uh, that's all we have for you guys today. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We hope you guys stay to the very end. Um, make sure to like, follow, and subscribe if you haven't already. If you're tuning in via audio, or you, yeah, just leave us a review. Honestly, uh, but. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. If you're on the YouTube channel, make sure to comment about anything. We, we want to interact with you guys, with all you guys. Uh, you can even hit us up on social media and comment on any of our posts. Uh, appreciate that. And before we go, like I mentioned at the top of the show, go check out our Tyshawn James interview. It was a dope interview. And uh, we just want to, you know, 
shed some light on him and his ability and his career at CCSU leading up to the NFL. And you, you already know, show love to him on his social media pages because the, he's going he's going places. Oh. And until next time, peace. Deuces. You're talking about balls deep. I'm talking about balls deep. We're talking about balls deep in love. I'm talking about balls deep. My boy's talking about balls deep. We're talking about balls deep in love.